0: Hey, honey.
1: Yeah. We're live. You're live.
0: We are live. What is going on? We are live. Hey, Lila. You got to turn down, Mark. Do you need uh, spe- uh, buds? No? Because you can hear me. Okay? All right. Um, hey, we're live. This is serious. No messing around here. What's going on, everybody? it is supernatural saturday hey from california what is going on hey from wisconsin and tennessee Azuko from japan she's on here oh faith is on here hey faith what's up uh is somebody trying to call you
1: no it's a reminder
0: oh okay i should probably turn my okay my ringtone is done i just turned i I turned my notifications off because i learned you do not want to get interrupted while you're doing this. Hey, Darla. Hello. Owen is on here. Oh, Good morning, Kazuko. Good evening for you. You're probably having some coffee uh, in Japan. That's what I'm having, coffee, but I'm not in Japan. No, Kazuko drinks coffee. Yeah, she's a coffee drinker. Uh, she is indeed. So I hope everyone is doing well. And I apologize for not being very active on social media. YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, Facebook. I am I'm really trying to get this next book finished. And it's the it's the first book in the in the multi-series, multi-volume series on Q. And um, I was making some good headway this morning, actually. Uh, I'm working on a on a chapter. I was struggling hard to figure out where to how to start this chapter, but I got it figured out. and I have a good start on this this chapter. This is one of the last chapters uh, in that book. Um, I, I'm excited. i want I want to get this book, this first one out there uh, on queue so that uh, people can, you know, Give me some feedback and uh, I, I think it'll help a lot of people understand what Q's mission is about. So that is that is what I've been doing uh, lately. I, I apologize for not answering emails and private messages, but I'm just, I, I have to get this book. Uh, I really wanna get this book finished. So that's enough of the apologies. Um, today's lesson is, From chapter 21 in the book, Divine Healing Made Simple, chapter 21 is keeping our healing. All right. So if you've been following these broadcasts over the last year, I have done 20 previous broadcasts on various aspects of the kingdom of God. And my focus in this book obviously is healing. And last month, on the show, I taught about how uh, how to receive your healing, right? And in a sense, we are we're receivers. We God wants to give us healing. He wants to give us um, his blessing. He wants to give us a lot of different things. He's given us an identity. He's given us a destiny. He gives us friends, he gives us resources, he gives us revelation, and we have to receive what he gives us, and we have to be good stewards of it. So last month on the show, we talked about how to receive your healing. If you haven't seen that broadcast, you can go back and check it out. It's about a month ago. This message is going to address the question, what happens when I'm healed, And then the symptoms return, right? So uh, as a former atheist, I used to scoff and I was very skeptical about people like Benny Hinn and healing evangelists who claimed that they got people healed. And then, you know, at some point in the future, those symptoms would return. And I, as as an atheist, I would say, well, you see, there you go. Uh, They weren't really healed in the first place. It was just you know mind over matter maybe they just convinced themselves that they were healed for a while. Well, having studied healing for the last 10 years uh, and seeing thousands of people healed and dealing with thousands of people who were not healed and dealing with some people who were healed, their symptoms returned and then I got them healed again. Uh, I've actually learned a lot about how you know how to get people healed and how to help them keep their healing once they are healed, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, one thing I, I want to mention, okay, so let's talk about scripture. There's there's a lot of different mindsets and a lot of different views out there about healing. In the healing community itself, in, around the people that I have been associated with for the last 10 years, a lot of different belief systems, some people believe that the person who requires healing is has no responsibility at all in the in the process. That it is a person who is praying who is one hundred percent responsible for the healing and for that person to maintain their healing. They say that there's not nothing in the scripture that shows that a person who needs to be healed, has to do anything to keep their healing. All right. So that's one view that people have. I don't particularly uh, endorse that view because I think there are things that we need to do to maintain our healing, to keep our healing. I've, I've experienced it personally, and I've seen it with other people. Um, so let me give you an example from the scriptures. All right? And this is the account of... Let's see. Uh, This is from John chapter 5. There was uh, a man who had an infirmity for 38 years. After he was healed, Jesus caught up with him in the temple later after he was healed. And Jesus said to him, this is what I'm just going to read, John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see that you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. So he testified of his healing. But Jesus told him, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you, right? So what was Jesus telling him? Jesus was suggesting that his illness was partially due to sin, at least partially, maybe totally. And there are a lot of different sins. There are, you know, sexual sin. There's also the sin of unbelief, the sin of doubt, and the sin of being double-minded and not walking in faith. There are a lot of different... So I'm not going to go specifically into what the sin was that this, that could have caused this man to become sick again. But Jesus warned him you need to walk in a way that you're not going to continue sinning or these illnesses are going to come back upon you. Right? So Jesus told them there's something you need to do to maintain your healing and things you need to not do specifically. So I, I had a dream uh, years ago. This is probably 2009, 10 years ago that illustrated a very important concept about healing. And in the dream, I saw people in a hospital. And what I observed in the dream was as someone was healed, they would then check out of the hospital. When they left the hospital, they had to make a decision. They either had to decide to close their account with the hospital or they could keep their account open with the hospital. If they kept their account open with the hospital, they, once they were healed, they could come back for follow-up appointments. They could schedule uh, com- um, counseling with people in the hospital. They could make arrange to make payments on their bills. They could come back if they needed to be treated again. If you kept your account open with the hospital, you could come back and continue the process. In the dream, those people who chose to keep their account with the hospital open, they always became sick again, every one of them. There was another group of people who chose to close their account with the hospital once they were healed and they left, they could not come back, they could not make payments, they could not discuss their sickness, They didn't discuss their sickness at all. They didn't even think about it other than to occasionally testify about their healing. Those people who chose to close their account with the hospital never became sick again. That was the dream. And that dream illustrates two mindsets of people who have have sickness and injury. One group of people tends to want to focus on the illness and talk about it and discuss my condition, my diabetes, my cancer, my this, my that. I need to. Their mind is focused on the treatment. Their mind is focused on the illness, the appointments that they're going to go to, how much it's going to cost them, how much, right? Their mind is focused on the condition. And if you are one of those people, The fact that you cannot stop focusing on the condition is likely a reason why that thing keeps coming back, because you have taken ownership of it, okay? The battle over sickness is largely a battle in the mind. What you focus on, you empower. And if you focus on sickness, you are empowering sickness, all right? So in the dream there was another group of people and they once they were healed they didn't talk about their sickness they didn't dwell on it they didn't talk you know oh i'm going to have more appointments i'm going to have to pay, it's going to cost me more it'll come back i know it's it's not going to stay away i know it's going to come back it always comes back right they didn't do that they did not focus on the illness they didn't think about it they just it was done it was a done deal i'm healed that's it and In the dream, they testified about their healing periodically. Now, it's interesting because in the account from John chapter 5, the man who was healed of the infirmity, he went to the temple and he testified to the Jews and told them it was Jesus who healed them, right? So Jesus warned him, you have to maintain your healing, and the guy went and testified, right? So part of the, the dynamic of staying healed is renewing your mind to the truth. We have to renew our mind to the truth that God loves us. God cares about us. God wants us healed and he wants us to stay healed. And he doesn't have a purpose for us to be sick. You have to renew your mind to that truth. You have to take down whatever mental construct you have in your mind that tells you that God has a purpose for you to be sick. You have to get rid of that. That is absolute garbage. John 10.10, Jesus said, The enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Jesus illustrated two kingdoms, a kingdom of darkness, which wants to kill us, keep us sick, destroy us, and rob us of health and prosperity. And the kingdom of God, which wants us to prosper, be healthy, to live a life that demonstrates and manifests God's goodness. Two two kingdoms in opposition to each other, they're at war. Kingdom of darkness wants you to be sick and if possible, wants you to die early. Kingdom of God wants you to live long and prosper, as Spock used to say. Jesus said, I have come to do the will of the Father, the will of the one who sent me. And what did Jesus do? He healed thousands of people. He healed everyone who needed healing. He never turned anyone away. He never told anyone, well, I can't heal you because the Father has a plan for your sickness. He's working out something in your life. Jesus never said that. Everyone who wanted healing, everyone who needed healing, Jesus healed entire villages. If it was God's will for you to remain sick for a certain purpose, if God had a purpose for our sickness, no one in history frustrated the will of God more than Jesus, because no one has healed more people than Jesus. Did Jesus break and violate the will of the Father by healing all these people? who have some purpose that God wants to work out in their life, and Jesus just went along and healed everybody and wiped out God's purpose for that? No. God wants us to be healed. That is why he gave us power and authority to heal sickness, heal diseases, and kick out demons. That is why he gave it to us, and he wants us to stay healed. If you, if a person has been healed of a condition at one, one point, they can be healed of that same condition again. I've seen it happen a lot of times. So let me give you a couple of examples from my own life. Uh, Years ago, I um, I was laying in bed one night, and I had this tremendous pain in my lower back that went down the back of my leg. And I've transported a lot of people with sciatic nerve pain, and it felt to me exactly like what sciatic nerve pain would feel if you had a pinched, Disc in your lower back. Now, I had not injured myself. I knew I didn't have a pinched disc in my lower back. I just had this horrendous pain in my lower back and uh, just going down the back of my leg all the way down to my ankle. And I was like, you know, wrestling in my mind, what is this from? Just all of a sudden, like that, it just came out of out of the blue. <clears throat> didn't lift anything. Didn't. Tw- I was lying in bed when it happened. I was trying to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, where did this come from? And so I I just in my mind I said, I do not have a herniated disc. I I do not have a herniated disc. I do not receive this, and I started commanding the pain to leave. And I commanded the pain to leave, and I commanded it, and I commanded it, and I commanded it to go, and I just kept doing that. And after about 10 minutes of that, it finally left. It was gone. Completely gone. My leg was normal. My back was normal. The pain was gone for about 20 minutes. And then it came back. <laughs> and I was like, ah, ah, I'm screaming and I'm rolling around like, oh, I can't stand this same exact thing. So I went to war on it again. I was commanding it to leave. and I, And I had a sense, Denise joined in and Denise was praying over me, commanding the pain to leave. We kind of knew it was a spirit of pain because i didn't have i knew i didn't have an actual injury i just had this pain and i had been i had was having some experiences at that point where i had commanded spirits of pain to leave and the pain would go so i kind of decided this has to be a spirit so we did some warfare against this stupid thing for about 20 minutes and it finally left and my back was normal and my leg was normal and the pain was gone for about 20 minutes and then it came back so we went to war against it again. And again, it left and then it came back. This went on for like two and a half hours uh, with this pain going away and coming back and going away and coming back. And I finally, around midnight, I was so tired, I couldn't stay awake anymore. And I was I was just frustrated and angry with this thing. I, was, I just said, I'm done with this. I do not have pain. I do not have a herniated disc. I command this pain to leave. And I left it at that and I went to sleep. I Woke up in the morning and the pain was gone. It's never come back. That was a lesson for me about how to keep your healing or how to get your healing back if if you had it and it left and the symptoms came back, right? So I had this lower back pain and I got it to go away and then it came back and I just did the same thing The second time that I did the first time, I knew it was a spirit of pain. I just commanded the spirit of pain, get out, leave. And I was persistent. Two months ago, we talked about persistence and the need for persistence in prayer, especially in healing. Sometimes you have to keep going and keep going and keep going. And you just have to be persistent until this thing leaves. So I used persistence and authority, commanded the spirit to leave. And so I'm using the different tools for healing. And that was a lesson for me on how to, how to get back healing when the symptoms return. Whatever worked the first time, do it again the second time. It'll work. It almost always does. Uh, I've done this a lot with people who have been healed, symptoms returned. They came back to me and I said, let's just do the same thing. And the symptoms left again. And it's, you have to get to a point where you understand that this is a battle between some stupid demon of sickness or pain and you, and you're not going to give up. And you're not going to let this thing win, right? So I want to tell another story. This was um, a healing that I did with my sister-in-law about, gosh, years ago, probably seven years ago. Uh, I was at my brother's house. And we were hanging out and um, <laughs> I, I, I was talking to my sister-in-law and she was telling me about her foot, which is always cold and kind of numb and has poor circulation. And I said, well, tell me about this. How long have you had this? She's had it for a long time. She used to sit on her feet. She'd put her feet underneath herself and sit on her feet. And over the long term, it did some damage to the blood vessels in her ankles and her, in her lower leg and feet. So she had really poor circulation in this one foot. And I said, well, uh, would you mind if I pray over that and get, get you healed? And she said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. So I did. Uh, she put her foot up on my leg. I prayed over it for about 10 minutes, released power, commanded the arteries to be open, commanded the normal blood flow, commanded restrictions to be removed, right? I just did the usual stuff that I do <clears throat> for about 10 minutes. Asked her if she felt anything. She said no. And I was like, well, you will. (laughs) Went to sleep. Got up in the morning. She comes running down the stairs. Jumps on me and hugs me and says, you're not going to believe it. My foot is healed. It's normal. I can feel it. No numbness. Normal circulation. It, It didn't have that cold feeling anymore. It was just normal. It was warm, just like her other foot. So she got healed and she was ecstatic and I was ecstatic. It was really cool. Got her healed. Uh, about five hours later, she comes to me with a really sad face. She says, uh, I thought I was healed. What happened? Look at my foot. I checked out her foot. It was cold again and she had numbness. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> I was so happy because she got healed. <clears throat> and I was like, no, wait a minute. I've been down this road before. We're going to do the same thing. So I explained to her, I said, Look, this is a battle. You were healed. You know that you were healed. God healed you. You had normal circulation in your foot this morning, and now it's back to the way it was. Well, you know it was real, and this is a battle. So I explained to her, You know, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness wants you to be sick and wants you to live in fear. And the kingdom of God wants you to live in peace and joy and wants you to be healed. So I said, we're just going to do the same thing again that we did this morning or last night. So I prayed over her foot. I commanded the artery to be open. I commanded normal blood flow, commanded spirits of infirmity to leave, went through my usual routine. And within a few minutes, the blood flow was normal again. Her foot was warm. There was no numbness. Everything was fine. Right? And I I have seen this principle happen quite a lot in healing, where we'll get somebody healed and they're okay for a while and the symptoms return. And it's just an issue of going back and doing the same thing and realizing it's a war. Just because you win the first battle against the enemy doesn't mean the enemy is done. The enemy may have a counterattack and come back and blast you and now you're like, oh, the enemy attacked me. Oh, what do I do now? I, I wasn't healed. Oh, the enemy's stronger than me. No, the enemy isn't stronger than you. It's it's a war. That means you need to counter attack. If the enemy c- attacks you, you go back and you attack you attack again. So you do the same thing. You command spirits to leave. You command ligaments, bones, tendons, nerves to be healed, blood flow, whatever it is, cancer. Same thing. We've seen a lot of people healed of cancer over the years. Sometimes people are healed and the tumors return. Well, you do the same thing the second time that you did the first time. If the cancer, if the tumor is gone and it comes back, you do the same thing. Exercise authority, release power, get rid of it. All right. That is the principle involved in keeping your healing. You have to realize it's a war. And sometimes you get that one-off miracle where you don't have to do anything. You know, the person, the migraine headache goes away, shoulder pain goes away, never comes back. You know what? Praise God when that happens. But that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes the symptoms return. And if they return, you do the same thing you did the first time and realize it's a war. You just keep going after it, keep going after it, keep going after it until... Uh, you know, you'll probably get the symptoms to leave and then they may return. And you get them to leave and they may return. You just need to keep at it until the symptoms will eventually, they will leave for good. If you do not give up, if you persist, those symptoms will eventually leave for good and they will not come back. That's, that's my experience over the last 10 years. All right. Uh <laughs> Hey, honey. Have you seen any questions that I can answer?
1: Oh, I'm fighting trolls right
0: now. You're fighting trolls? Um, Denise is fighting trolls. Are you on YouTube?
1: Yeah.
0: OK. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I can find any uh, any questions here. Uh, Deanne asked if I find that calling out the spirit of infirmity works as well as calling out a specific spirit. That, that is a gift of discerning of spirits. Now, I have a shotgun approach, uh, Deanne, where I will just out of kind of routine, I will call spirits of pain, I'll command spirits of pain to leave. A person is having a, a painful condition, I have found that in 60 to 70% of the cases, If I close my eyes, I'll actually see a demon in that area that is afflicting them, and I command the spirit of pain to leave. I've I've done that enough times where it just became a habit. But if the Holy Spirit gives you revelation about a specific spirit, a spirit of infirmity, a spirit, you know, there's a lot of different types of spirits. Um, Demons specialize. There are demons that cause epilepsy. We know that from... Matthew chapter 17, when the disciples couldn't cast out that sickness, this demon, Jesus said, Look, you know, this spirit does not come out except by prayer and fasting. And it's different, it's a different type of spirit. So, discerning of spirits is one of the gifts of the spirit. And uh, it operates as a gift, but the Holy Spirit can just give you a word of knowledge or reveal to you the certain type of spirit that it is. Sometimes, it's helpful to know the name of the spirit. Uh, before Jesus cast out legion in the man, the from Gadara, the demoniac who was possessed by those you know multitude of demons, and they call themselves legion. Before that demon would leave, Jesus had to get its name. He commanded the spirits to leave, and they wouldn't go out. And then he said, "What is your name?" And they said, "Legion, for we are many." And they had a little conversation, and and then and they negotiated, and They were like, well, you know, have you come to torment us before our time? And Jesus is like, you know, it's none of your business. (laughs) And they said, well, if you're going to make us leave, let us go into the pigs. So Jesus said, okay, fine, go into the pigs. He commanded them to leave. They left one of the pigs, right? We know that story. Well, in that particular um, testimony, the demons refused to leave. And Jesus asked them their name. Now, a lot of people say you should never talk to demons. Well, Jesus talked to demons, and he, and, and he asked them their name. And when he got their name, he commanded them to leave, and they left. Um, I have a fair amount of experience where, you, in some cases, you need to know the name of the demon. Um, demons typically inhabit people in systems. There's usually a head demon and a bunch of smaller ones. Sometimes it's good to get rid of the, the head one because then the other ones will leave. Um that's another thing on deliverance. Or we talked about deliverance back uh, a few months ago on another show. But um, sometimes just telling a spirit to leave is good. Sometimes you need to know the name. Sometimes uh, specialization of you know what it what it specializes in. <clears throat>
1: Somebody asked if you would show your books again, and maybe the um, emotional healing and the divine healing, since those are the two that.
0: Yes. Uh, Hang on.
1: I did say they could go to Amazon to find them,
0: but. All right. For those of you who are not familiar. (laughs) All right. If you want to see visions, if you want to learn how to see visions, see in the spirit, see in the uh, spiritual world, Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple is a really good book that teaches you how to receive revelation from God in the form of visions and dreams and things of that nature. So Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple, hearing God's voice, hearing words of knowledge, hearing specific revelation from God, uh, how the many ways that God speaks. Um, hearing God's voice made simple. Uh, these are books all available on Amazon. Um, the, the thing about healing is healing is an integrative, uh, aspect of the kingdom. It is, it it is a bit difficult to be successful in healing. If you can't hear God's voice very well, it's, you're a little bit hindered in healing if you can't see in the spirit, if you're not able to see angels and demons, if your spiritual eyes have not been activated and ready to see all, that, all those things, you're at a bit of a disadvantage, which is why I've written those books because it'll help people understand, You know, what is a word of knowledge? What is a word of wisdom? Uh, how do I see? How do I know the difference, different types of demons and angels and things of that nature? Um, Many times when I'm, when I'm praying for people, God will show me in my mind, he'll show me structures in the person's body that need to be dealt with. He'll show me tumors. He will show me um, the nervous system. He'll show me inside of their, you know, the liver, the portal system, the circulatory system. And he'll show me specific things that I need to address and get fixed. Right. And that comes through a little bit of practice. Anyone can see in the spirit. You just have to, Practice and and learn how to see the things that God wants you to see and block out what's in in the natural world, which is why I often close my eyes when I'm getting people healed because I can see better in the spirit with my eyes closed. But some people see perfectly well with their eyes open uh, in the spirit. Looking for questions. Um, what do you do for cerebral palsy? Uh, I get a lot of questions from people about specific conditions. What do you do for a stroke? What do you do for Alzheimer's? What do you do for cerebral palsy? What do you do for autism? How do you heal? You know, this thing. I, there is no ma- magic uh, cure for any condition, there is no silver bullet that I know of. That is why. You need to be able to hear God's voice and see in the spirit. Because as I just said, uh, Jesus said, the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. That is a key to the ministry of Jesus. Jesus did what he saw the father doing. How did he see the father? He was aware of what the father was doing because the father showed him. Right. Jesus said that the the father shows this, loves the son and shows him all the things that he does. Right. So we if you want to be effective in healing, you have to be in communication with God. You have to hear his voice, see visions, get words of knowledge. Get you have to have an understanding that God will show you specifically how do you heal this condition? Um, I, I had a dream one night about a condition that Denise and I were trying to get her healed of. Uh, the Lord showed me in the dream that she needed her DNA healed. And I didn't know that. Uh, it, it, God just showed me, look, she needs her DNA healed to get this thing. This uh, It's uh, gluten intolerance, right? So, cause I had been asking specifically, how do we get that thing healed in her? And the Lord showed me it's her, her DNA. She needs her DNA healed. So now then the next question is, well, how do you heal DNA, right? So it's, there's little breadcrumbs along that You have to follow the trail and God will show you, but that all comes down to understanding how God speaks, learning to hear the ways in which he's communicating and, and to see. All right, looking for questions. Lila,
1: well,
0: do you have any questions over there? Oh, a lot of people have asked me about emotional
1: mental health. Emotional? Yes. Uh, good question. And I can heal others, but I can't heal myself. Why is this?
0: <laughs> you can heal others, but you can't heal yourself.
1: For-
0: that is a, that's a common situation. Um for for most people who are struggling to get themselves healed, it's probably an issue of uh, a little mental block. Like Denise would say, well, we can get other people healed, but we can't get me healed. <laughs> there's this, There's for many of us, there's this mental block where we believe we can't get other people healed. And
1: we say it out loud. And we say it out
0: loud, and we believe that. And if you believe that, that is a form of unbelief, and you need to get rid of that. You need to renew your mind to the truth that you actually can get yourself healed. It doesn't just work on other people. You can get yourself healed. And that that is a probably a renewing of the mind issue. You have to start believing that you God wants you healed and he wants you to heal yourself. Not hard to do. All right. Emotional healing in three easy steps. Simple little book. Very easy to read. Take you 15 minutes. You don't even have to read the book. I have a, if you if you don't have the money, just go to my go to my website and start plumbing through the articles on healing. Eighty percent eighty percent of this book is available on my website in various articles. I have articles on deliverance, articles on word of knowledge, articles on power, articles on authority. You can read it all for free, right? I have a ton of testimonies on emotional healing. And if you go to my website and just you know put in a search emotional healing, you'll come up with a bunch of stories. Emotional healing is something that Denise and I have kind of learned that is, it's a key for the overall health of the person. In some cases, we have found that what people thought was a musculoskeletal injury was actually emotional trauma. One of the first cases that I did was just an eye opener for me. We prayed for this woman. She had been in four car accidents, had horrendous back and neck pain. She assumed that pain was from the car accidents. Well, she had gone to a lot of people and had never been healed. And she, you know, she's a believer. She knows about healing. A lot of people pray over her. She never got healed. We took her through the process of emotional healing. And when we were done, all of her back pain was completely gone and neck pain. And it didn't come back. We stayed in touch with her over the months. Her pain never came back. It was all emotional trauma from her childhood. So I would suggest to people, if you have received prayer for physical healing and you still have your condition, consider the need for emotional healing and consider the possibility that you know you, we all suffer emotional trauma, particularly when you're young, but we all suffer it throughout life, abuse, neglect. Um. just uh, trauma comes in a lot of different forms and if you get free of the emotional trauma you'll many times your physical symptoms will go so those the physical healing and emotional healing they go together it's important to, to do both um, all right let me see
1: so um tell wendy on youtube when, I'm sorry I missed her
0: question. Wendy on YouTube, she we missed your question.
1: Can you type it in again and we'll, I'll watch for it? Uh, can,
0: you, can you scroll back or can you not find it? I can't find
1: you it. You can't
0: find it? Okay. Hey, Wendy, if you want to type your question in again, um, Denise will pick it up and, and I'll try to answer it. Um, let's see. Um, Sarah Tyler, the balance in the mindset of you don't need a special ability to do this versus the practice of seeing and hearing the spirit. Right. A lot of people think that healing is a gift and it's only given to certain people. They think that seeing the spirit is a gift. And it's only given to certain people, even though you can't find this a gift of seeing in the spirit anywhere in the Bible. Right. There is a gift of word of wisdom word of knowledge and discerning of spirits those things can, can are enabled by seeing in the spirit but there is no gift of seeing in the spirit once you are hearing the lord's voice when you when you learn how to discern god's voice and you learn how to discern things in the invisible realm <clears throat> you will suddenly realize holy moly i think i just got a word of knowledge holy moly i think i just discerned a spirit over there when you start to develop the abilities, hearing God's voice, seeing in the spirit, you will, the gifts of the Holy Spirit will come much easier to you. It's, <clears throat> it's very hard to operate in the gift of word of knowledge or the gift of discerning the spirits if you don't have a well-developed ability to hear God's voice and see in the spirit. So you develop the ability so you can operate in the gifts. Uh. Looking for questions that don't have to do with JFK Jr. Thank you, to
1: Diane, Diana Jamerson. Who's yes, answering thank, people's questions thank
0: you. Thank you, Diana Jamerson. Uh, she's one of our friends. Diana Jamerson has gone through emotional healing and deliverance with uh, Freedom Encounters. She has a great testimony. You can actually find it on the website. Uh, thank you, Diane, for, for answering people's questions in the chat. Fibromyalgia, any chronic pain syndrome like fibromyalgia, uh, neuralgia, sometimes migraine headaches, um, chronic back pain, chronic neck pain. If you have a chronic pain and especially fibromyalgia because fibromyalgia is really uh, a situation where you've gone through all these tests and the doctors haven't found anything conclusive on the tests that they can put a finger on. So they say, you've got fibromyalgia and they may prescribe uh, some kind of a narcotic for the pain. Those types of chronic pain are almost always rooted in emotional trauma. If you go through emotional healing, you'll probably find out that that chronic pain will go. All right, Uh, hey, Melody Pash is on here what's up Mel Melody pash one of our favorite dream interpreters and mentors and teachers uh, she's taught me a lot of what I know about dreams she's actually the one that uh, she was holding that dream interpretation class that the niece went to and she came home and prayed over me and that's when I started having dreams good to good to see you on here Melody All right.
1: So many people want
0: you to address alcoholism and alcoholism it's to- substance abuse whether it's alcoholism drug addiction all those forms of alcoholism it's rooted in emotional trauma. People become dependent upon medications and they become dependent on alcohol because they're self-medicating because they've got this pain inner pain in their soul that comes it's emotional trauma and if you get the person healed of emotional trauma uh the addictive behavior goes away jesus can heal all of that stuff most of most um substance abuse problems are rooted in emotional trauma that's the key um All right. Uh, we have been on here for almost an What's hour. Got a question?
1: Someone was asking Do you have to be saved to get healed? To sit so before they can pray for healing.
0: Well, uh, <clears throat> the operation of healing that I do is a function of the Holy Spirit. And it's very difficult to get people healed if you don't know Jesus. <laughs> Yes, Jesus, Jesus is the one who does the emotional healing. When I do emotional healing with people or when I suggest to people, you can do emotional healing yourself. You just talk to Jesus and say, look, I'm feeling this anger toward this person over this thing. Jesus, I ask you to take away the anger and heal the wound in my soul. And he'll do it. He's the one who does the healing. Okay, I found
1: Wendy's question. Um, Wendy Smith okay um she's asking about distance healing not reiki
0: oh yeah i I can talk about distance healing
1: wait can dave do this or recommend anyone in scotland bulge l bulge l45 i have tried to heal myself it's not working no creatures here actually heal scotland isn't like the usa we know anybody in scotland
0: uh
1: probably could find
0: mike parsons is in uh wales his church. Right. Tell her to check out Mike Parsons' his church. They they do healing. I think at his you church. Wendy, look look for Freedom Arc Ministry A R C Freedom Arc A R C Apostolic Resource Center. Uh, Mike Parsons is the pastor. They I know that they operate in in healing and they're in Wales. I forget where. Not that far of a drive, probably from where you're at. You might you might try that out. Uh, I was I was thinking about something I was talking about, and then I got I'm interrupted. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, oh, distance healing. It's it is very easy to heal people over distances. You do not have to be in the same room with the person. Um, I I had a really cool testimony from a guy, a young guy who lives in Africa. He sent me an email. He had malaria, and he was taking Uh, He was starting his second or third day, I think, of the medication. His mom was forcing him to take the medication. He said, pray medic. I I just want to be healed. I know if you pray for me, I'll be healed. So I just, you know, said it. I closed my eyes and I saw in my mind, I saw like an outline, an image of a guy sitting in a chair, right? Like an African, young African man. So I just like reached out my hands and I like imagine like I was putting my hands on his shoulders in the, in this vision and I released healing into his body and I commanded the bacteria to leave. He emailed me the next day. He said, I'm completely healed. No fever, no symptoms. He goes, I, I feel great. Thank you for the prayer. He said, do you think I should still take the antibiotic? And I was like, well, that's up to you. So I've seen a lot of people healed over distances. It's not, there is no distance in the spirit. You can release healing power over somebody 10,000 miles away. It it doesn't really matter. It's very easy to get people healed by distances. So you don't have to be in the same room with that person.
1: What about International Association of Healing Rooms?
0: International Association of Healing Rooms is good. So if you need healing, the International Association of Healing Rooms has 11,000 locations around the world. If you just put in a search engine, International Association of Healing Rooms, they have healing rooms in cities all around the world, and you might be able to find one near you. You can go there and get healing prayer if you need it, and deliverance. Uh, they do emotional healing, too, a lot of them. So use use your resources that are out there. There are places locally that, that do uh, teach and operate in healing. Hey, Jenny. Jenny's on. <laughs> Where you been? She's been baking, probably. Uh <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I was going to say about Jesus. Someone asked, "Do you have to like believe in Jesus?" The healing power that I we operate in, it is um, it's the power of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The authority that we have is the authority that is given to us from Jesus. So, uh, I would strongly recommend getting connected to Jesus if you want to learn how to heal people. All right. Uh, Is
1: there there something blocking my healing? It can be emotional, it can be spiritual blockage.
0: Uh, Explain getting connected to Jesus. Well, that's a good one. all about faith. Jesus said, if you believe in me, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they will also do in greater works. It is putting your trust in Jesus that you can do the things he did. You can raise people from the dead. You can cast out demons, set people free of oppression, heal sickness, work miracles. I mean, who would not want to have that guy as their best friend? Uh, He is a friend indeed. He's a great friend. You can hear Lila in the background. Lila is right over there. She's helping Denise take down the Christmas tree today, among other things. We have a list. They've got a list of stuff to do. And I have a book to work on. Speaking of which, I'm going to let you all go. Uh, I thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for the good questions. I'm going to hop off of here. I'm going to get working on that book, that Q book. Um, Thank you for supporting us uh, with your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Keep Denise and Lila and I in prayer. Keep Q and the team in prayer. Keep President Trump and his family in prayer. Uh, We're getting close. We're getting close to the takedown of all this darkness, but darkness is fighting back. And if you think they're gonna give you your freedom back without a fight, then it can happen. We are in a battle. We're in a war. And we are warriors and we will be victorious if we do not quit and if we keep praying. So on that note, going to end this. Love you all. Take care.
1: Somebody said Jesus took away my nicotine addiction in an instant. Jesus
0: took away your nicotine addiction in an instant. That's awesome. He does that. He heals people like that of all different kinds of things. All right. Love you all. Take care. We will catch you on the next broadcast. uh